All right, we are here in the Catholic TV studio in Watertown. Welcome back to the To the Heights podcast. Um, this is a very exciting podcast. I have Kelsey with me in the studio. Hello. <laughs> and we are hanging out here for a super casual, informal podcast that I'm very excited about um, for an Ask Olivia episode. You guys have sent in questions since pretty much the beginning of season one. Um, I've been getting emails and DMs and all sorts of things um, asking me questions about me, the guests, the podcast, all sorts of random wonderful things. And then specifically in the past few weeks, um, we thought it would be a good idea to kind of have a, like a mid-season casual um, episode and make it in hashtag ask Olivia TTH. And I, people ask me why I put the TTH at the end. It's just to distinguish it. There's other, there's a YouTuber named Olivia who oh, does ask Olivia's. <laughs> um, so that's the logic behind that. That's okay. why it's ask Olivia to the heights, um, which again, I abbreviate stuff all the time. I think my mom actually asked me what, what TTH is <laughs> to the heights. It Come makes on, sense. Mom. Yeah, yeah, it does. <laughs> yeah. Um, so there's a little. A little catch up on that. Um, but we have all of the questions nicely compiled. Um, I am ready for this. I just recorded, or we just recorded two other podcast episodes for season two today. Um, so this is my third podcast of the day. Um, and I'm, I'm ready to be asked some questions in my part. One other thing before we get started, though, we do have something exciting to mention. So obviously season two is coming up and there are very exciting things coming out in season two. And we'll have some more announcements later. But as of right now, we are recording an episode at SLS 20, which is the focus conference this year. Um, and we got the awesome opportunity, which I am just so excited and like, I don't know, starstruck maybe <laughs> that we got this opportunity to record an episode of the podcast at their media booth, um, which is basically like a glass enclosed booth stage situation. Um, that all of these really awesome Catholic podcasters um, get to sit down and record live an episode of their podcast and people can like sit around and like there's like a live audience, um, which will be a super cool opportunity. But if you are going to be at SLS 20, we would love to have you. Um, it's January 2nd, which I believe is a Thursday from 530 to 645 p.m. Whatever time zone Phoenix is in. Yes. Central? Uh, not sure. Google that. <laughs> yeah. But you know what? You'll be there. So it'll True. be whatever time your watch or phone says. So 5.30 to 6.45 at the media booth. Um, but if you're not going to be at SLS, the podcast will be up and posted at 9 a.m. Eastern time on Monday, the following Monday. Um, and then we'll be back on our Monday schedules, which yeah. will be very good. But more about that later. Mm -hmm. um, and the guest will be announced shortly. Yeah. All right. So, so are we ready for some some questions. I'm ready to get a taste of my own medicine. Yeah, the um, roles are reversed. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Some of the questions that I ask people, I finally will have to answer and pretend that I've actually thought about the answers as I'm asking other people. Um, and then lots of Instagram DMs and other things that you have asked us. So, all righty. I'm ready. Go. Okay. So, uh, starting with an Instagram question, tell us about your life and who you are. Let's start there. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Could it be any bigger of a question? <laughs> Um, all right. I am 18 years old. I go to Boston College. I'm a sophomore there. I'm a theology major. I have a minor in art and journalism. Yes, that has changed since I started the podcast. <laughs> um, I went in as a physics and theology double major and have had a crazy, I've changed my majors and minors a lot. Um, but I'm currently studying theology and art and journalism, and I'm very happy doing that. Um, I grew up in Massachusetts. I live about an hour away from BC, so my family is not far away. Um, we live near the ocean, and I have a younger brother 
have a dog. <laughs> what else do you want to know about me? What are your hobbies? Ooh, um, art. Art has always been, I think art was like my first hobby. Um, I was always painting and drawing. I started studying art at the Worcester Art Museum when I was five um, and have studied art technically and for fun um, ever since. And then I also like to sing. I'm in the liturgy arts group at Boston College, which is our liturgical choir. Um, we have some very exciting things happening coming up with that we're actually singing at the la congress which is a massive oh. religious ed conference in la with like forty thousand people so i think sls is going to be big that's going to be even yeah. bigger a month later um yeah i'm super involved with a youth group back at home which is the life teen program um i was on teen core there um and loved every second of it i went to haiti a bunch when mm. i was there i'm actually going back to haiti in april yeah mm. Is there anything that you don't do? <laughs> uh, I, d I never played sports growing up. <laughs> I can't kick a soccer ball to save my life. Uh, the only sport I ever did was I did track and cross country. Yes. Um, but I was always just a runner. I tried high jump once at one meet <laughs> and I never made it over the bar. I knocked Aww. it down every time. Um, and I hurdles no i'm too short for that <laughs> um so yeah running running yeah. was just about it but anything like sports related also anything like i never took biology in high school i don't like squishy things i don't <laughs> i don't do blood that's a great reason to not take biology <laughs> yeah yeah um i also oh here's a fun fact i skipped ninth grade um so Whoa. biology was ninth grade okay so that's why i i skipped a whole grade just so i couldn't take biology <laughs> That wasn't the reason, but I'm glad that I didn't have to deal with squishy, bloody things, but. There you go. Yeah. Wow, that's awesome. There's my life story. Yeah. Thanks for sharing all that. <laughs> okay. Next question. Can you tell us five of your favorite saints and why they're your favorites? Hmm. That's a lot nicer than the questions that I ask. Yes. <laughs> Where I ask, only pick one. <laughs> only pick one. And then if I'm feeling nice, I'll say one female and one male. <laughs> all right. Five. Um, Teresa Lasu. Um, my middle name is Rose and I've always kind of like picked her as a patron a little bit. Um, St. Francis, um, I picked as my confirmation saint because I, another fun fact about me was an environmental activist when I was younger. I worked for Dr. Jane Goodall's Roots and Shoots program. Um, and my confirmation was kind of in the middle of all of that. Um, and I was doing a lot of like climate change work and like urban heat island research and stuff like that. Um, she does it all. Yeah. <laughs> um yeah right very random things like i i published i have a published science paper on the urban heat island effect and how it like impacts under communities. you that's so cool <laughs> but like i forget those things every once in a while I, yeah. are you gonna link that in the show notes oh i definitely should <laughs> if anyone wants to hear about thermal couples and pavement like specific heat capacity yeah there you go i'm there um <laughs> all right so saint francis um padre pio um, I've always felt a connection with just because of like the level of suffering that he endured and like the stigmata and stuff like that. Mm. Um, and just feeling like he, he understands like darkness well, mm. whereas I feel like a lot of the other saints, not that they don't understand darkness, but our image of them, like we talk about like the light, fluffy, happy things mm. that they did. Um, and not, it's unusual to talk about like the amount of suffering that a saint endured and that be the focus of their sainthood. So yeah, I like that about him. Maria Goretti, probably also. Mm. Um, and I kind of like developed a devotion to her when I was like around the same age as her and always felt like she was very much a sister in that. Mm. Um, also, the element of suffering there. 
Um, and then a fifth saint. Oh, dang it. <laughs> <laughs> How do I choose only one more? <laughs> um, mm, I, I'm between Mother Teresa and JP2, but I feel like mm. Mother Teresa. Um, but also, so, like, in her, her, like, care of the poor and, like, I don't know, we always try to model her in Haiti. The medical clinic is actually painted in the same, like, colors. Like, it's white with, like, oh, blues, no way. like bro- royal blue stripes up at the top and stuff. So, like, oh, very, very cool. much the spirit of that. Um, and it's it's named after her, that, too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the artist in me goes right to what color it is <laughs> rather than what it's named. But also her, like, dark night of the soul and suffering yeah. that nobody really talks about. Right, um, right. That is very important to talk about, that, like, she was such an incredible saint, even though she didn't feel God's presence in her life for, like, the last 60 years of her life. Yeah, she's an incredible woman. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So that's five. That's All right. five. Awesome. Yeah. Cool. All right. What brings you the most joy? <laughs> <laughs> um, do I get, like, a follow-up question? <laughs> what brings me with... Um, hmm. All right. We were just recording a podcast. I'm not going to say who it's with because it's in season two. But we were talking about how I feel like my cliche answer to that, maybe it wasn't cliche. Maybe it was just appropriate for my age. But growing up, I always said, I always resonated with the parable of talents we used to have this fair at my church growing up called the parable of talents fair and the pastor would give you 50 dollars in a red envelope and which was very generous um <laughs> and it was very cool that we had a parish who could that could do that and you would use your talents to spend the 50 dollars and like get i don't know like the example that was always given was like go buy rakes and like trash bags and go like rake people's yards and like wow. ask for like a donation in return. It was for our sister parish in Haiti. And you would come back and see how much more like money you could like multiply the $50 to become. And I did art, bought art supplies, wow. sold paintings for Haiti, um, which was cool because I had no idea that I would ever end up going to Haiti on somewhat yeah. of a regular basis. Um, we even started, so it was art. And then we had a little like business that my friends and I started <laughs> called Hair Things for Haiti. And we'd make like <laughs> barrettes and ribbons and stuff. This no is like way. third grade Olivia. Um, but anyway, long story short, I think like I always found, and I think there's a blink on Catholic TV about this, about, um, the parable of talents and like Mm. finding joy and using your talents to like serve others. And Mm. that you feel mostly like alive when you're doing what you were created to do to serve, um, and like reflect like the spirit of the creator and what you were created to do. Um, yeah. Yeah. So like that, that whole, like, in giving you receive but in giving like mm. how you were created to give yeah that's mm-hmm. so true that's awesome that you found like ways to use those talents mm-hmm. too because i feel like sometimes people don't discover that until later in their life or yeah. you know but yeah how to give back with something you love yeah, yeah. i also i love that idea i'm gonna propose that to my pastor mm, yes <laughs> that's a good one yes all right pivoting a little bit almond butter or sun butter and before you answer this are you allergic to peanut butter is that why that's not an option oh someone just is a weirdo and just didn't put peanut butter on there um i actually didn't like peanut butter growing up until very recently but like i i'm not almond butter okay peanut butter's a second i can't say i've ever had sun sun butter yeah i just bought some it's it's not that great (laughs) yeah peanut butter all the way yeah yeah I don't know. Almond butter. Justin's almond butter. I actually, you know what? That, so I have a food blog. I don't. Are you serious? (laughs) I do. Um, I have a food Instagram at Olivia C is gluten free. Um, Oh, I didn't know you So I'm guessing that came from someone on there. Okay. I'm sorry that I called you a weirdo for not liking peanut butter. I just really love peanut butter. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, I agree. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know why it wasn't like a three part choice or, you know, it's good. Yeah. Diversity. Yeah. 
Okay, would you rather go on an entire year without painting or without singing? Ooh, that's a mean question. Mm. Um, hmm. All right, so I feel like most people would expect me to say I would rather, like, ditch singing and, like, do art for a year because, like, that is, like, my thing. Mm. But I also feel like singing is such more, like, an immediate release of mm. things that I can't imagine not only sing like singing around the apartment with my roommate or like there, there's so much more like immediate joy rather than like art is so much more of like a processed joy like you can't just like immediately release things you have to think about it meditate on it plan the painting execute mm. the painting yeah yeah no that totally makes sense yeah, yeah. okay what would be your perfect day hmm <laughs> sleeping in until noon (laughs) so you just had it (laughs) yeah um i accidentally slept until noon yesterday um but that was fine because i didn't have class and i didn't set an alarm purposely i just never sleep until (laughs) noon um sleeping in a little bit but not too much um time to paint time to read i would definitely be home by the water um ideally summer or like sometime that it's warm i enjoy paddleboarding very much go on a run yeah yeah, something yeah. something of that nature. Or be in Haiti because mm. that Yeah, that that's a pretty perfect day right there no matter what mm. you're doing. So, beautiful. All right, let's see what is next. How have your podcast guests impacted your faith journey? Mm, that's a good one. I like that question. <laughs> um I I feel like there's been so much growth in my faith journey because of each of the in- individual guests. And I think actually I had this conversation with Gavin, who is on one of the podcasts, how like it's almost like we have like all of these people that you can just have like at your fingertips. So like I need a little like Mother Olga inspiration. Mm. I can just hit play and like yeah. get a little bit of her like beautiful spirit or like I need some of Sister Bethany's joy. So I just hit play. Yeah. Um, and what a gift that is to be able to have that at your fingertips um, in so many ways. And each of like the takeaways of each podcast um, just being able to like carry that out of here um which i hope that listeners do that too like they listen and it doesn't just end when like the podcast ends but they also like continue to think about it but i think in a special way especially when i'm like building up to a conversation preparing doing research on a person like having preliminary conversations about what they want to talk about and like preparing the questions and then the actual conversation and kind of like coming down from that and my own like meditation like i see those things like coming up later Mm. in my day and like later in my like studies and prayer and that's just really exciting and I think it's such a gift to talk to so many like truly beautiful people yeah that's wonderful yeah you've had some great guests too so (laughs) yeah all right next question is what is your favorite memory from Israel Mm. and maybe explain a little background of why you were there yes um that question I believe actually came from Gavin um (laughs) if I'm remembering correctly um he is part of the life team program um and was a guest along with another high schooler um sometime in season one halfway through i don't know so somewhere in the beginning um but we went with our life team program in august of 2018 so it was in between it was the summer between when i graduated high school and when i went off to college um and we just had an incredible pilgrimage we followed the route of um the gospel of luke mm-hmm. um we started in bethlehem ended in jerusalem um and it was it was an incredible experience and I think it came like at the perfect time, kind of like in a shift of seasons in my life. Um, and I definitely want to go back. Um, 
I am currently doing study abroad applications and that might be very close to the top. Um, so who knows, but Jerusalem was definitely my favorite city um, for a lot of reasons that I couldn't put my finger on until I think I had left and thought about it more and for a lot of reasons that I don't think I still fully understand, but like something about like the meshing of the different churches, like the Holy Sepulchre Church was definitely my favorite place and it's divided amongst different major Christian religions. Mm. So being able to worship in a space that there's also like Greek Orthodox priests right mm. next to you. And there's also Franciscans and Dominicans and like so many different like subgroups within our own tradition, but within other Orthodox Christian mm. and Catholic rites. Um, I don't know if that didn't, if that wasn't what like put me on to studying like liturgical theology and sacramental <laughs> theology, like I don't know what yeah. did. So yeah, it's yeah. oh, amazing. All right, next question. I'm assuming this is also from Gavin because it's, who is more athletic, Gavin or Father Sanisha? Mm, yep, Gavin asked that one. <laughs> um, uh, I don't know. I'm mm, mm, tempted to say Gavin, but also, Ooh. I don't know. Father Sanisha can whip out a pretty good, like, 23-minute 5K, I think. So, wow. yeah, I don't know. Maybe, maybe we'll have to race next time yeah. for church. I think that's what, yeah. that's what we need. Yes, <laughs> yep. <laughs> Okay, do you have a favorite scripture verse? I do, and ironically, it actually, I adopted my favorite one from Michaela, our first ever podcast guest's favorite scripture verse. It's Exodus 14, 14. Um, uh, the Lord will fight for you. You need only be still. That's yes. such a good one. Mm -hmm. That is such a good one. Such a good one to, like, have in your back pocket and, like, whip out yeah. whenever. And, oh, yeah. yeah. Thank you for reminding me of that one. That's that's awesome. <laughs> Okay, this comment says, you are so inspiring. Aww. Who is your biggest inspiration slash what is the best advice you've received? Ooh. Well, thank you. <laughs> My biggest inspiration, uh, like in terms of person? Um, hmm. Tempted to say my mom. Mm -hmm. um, my mom, definitely the model of like Mother Mary as well. Um, like striving to be like a teenager who like, was so like humble and joyful and just said yes and I think um I didn't really like understand Mary like I I, I got her like on an intellectual level but I didn't get like her motherhood um I think until I was in Israel um and I think until probably like my first semester of college that followed that trip to Israel like being in the place where like she said her fiat mm. and like just seeing her like humble little house and being like that's actually where she slept and stuff like that and like recognizing her humanity and her motherhood um and then first semester of college is always hard mm -hmm. like for everyone mm -hmm. um and I think I really needed that motherhood so she finally she clicked she made sense mm. um so I think that's a really good model other like earthly inspirations would be um hmm, definitely like Michaela and Father Sanisha and people that I surround myself with um and other like faithful Catholic women at school also a secular person to throw in there dr jane goodall mm. um who i worked for for a long time just her like peace and grace and like you can just like feel it in the room mm. um so definitely people who are not catholic can still have that spark and like i don't know that inspiration yeah. for sure yeah yeah is there a second part of that question great what is the best advice you've received Ooh. oh um <laughs> mm, i think uh okay so father matt williams who used to be the director of faith formation for the entire diocese um, for like youth and young adult faith formation. Um, and he, he's just amazing and probably should be on the podcast at some point in time. <laughs> I probably should ask him. 
Um, he's responsible for like a lot of my faith journey because kind of one of the turning points for me was a retreat that I went on mm. um, with him, which I think we've talked about in a lot. It's discipleship week, but we mm. that's come up in a lot of podcasts. Um, but he, right after I graduated high school, he gave me a really good reminder of like, just be daddy's little girl. Mm. Like just be the father's daughter. Um, and if you focus on just that and nothing else, um, like everything will fall into place. And it was kind of in the context of like, like don't get too wrapped up thinking about like the enemy and spiritual warfare and things like that. Because if you think about, like don't put your attention there. Like it's great to be aware of those things kind of in your like periphery, but like just be daddy's little girl mm. and nothing else. That is such a good reminder. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's so hard to just be, but yes, yeah. that's, that's so important. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's beautiful. All right. What is your favorite vegetable? <laughs> um, I don't know where that one came from. <laughs> uh, spinach? Question mark. <laughs> I like to ask people if you were a vegetable, oh. what would you be? Like what vegetable describes you? Mm. I don't know why a cucumber came to mind, <laughs> but I feel like a cucumber. Like I feel like <laughs> cucumbers are gentle Yeah, and like go with anything. And they're cool. And, yes. Uh, there yeah. we go. Yeah. <laughs> I, I picked a vegetable and didn't even think about, like, the mainstream connotation. Like, yeah, it's cool, cool as a cucumber. Cool as a cucumber. <laughs> yep. I like it. Okay. Uh, these questions are really all over the place. I love it. <laughs> what clubs have you joined that have helped you grow? Mm. Uh, I wonder if that's high school clubs or college clubs. But in high school, it was definitely Roots and Shoots, which is Jane Goodall's international organization um for people who don't know about it it's a community service club but it has three pillars um in order to be a roots and shoots group you have to do one project per year for people animals and the environment so um that was that was a joy to be able to kind of combine like it it pretty much became like a social justice oriented thing at my high school um so we would do things for like the people pillar like visiting nursing homes and um, food drives and stuff like that. Um, we collected Halloween candy after Halloween so it didn't get thrown away and we would send it off to an organization that made care packages for the troops mm. um, and stuff like that. So combining, like, we also ran the recycling program at school and I spent many, many hours in, like, the basement of the school mm-hmm. sorting out, like, milk cartons and it was gross. But I also think I learned a lot um, doing things like that. Um, so high school, definitely Roots and Shoots. Um, and anyone can start a Roots and Shoots um, program. It doesn't have to be a specific club. It can be your own your own thing. Um, and then in college, our Catholic newspaper, The Torch, which we had mm-hmm. the staff on that, has definitely, I don't know, pushed me intellectually. Um, our women's group, Grazia Plena, um, definitely like sisterhood and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Yeah. I don't know. I, I feel like the Catholic community as a whole at BC for sure, because it's like the same like 50 kids in like mm-hmm. all of like the men's and women's groups and like our like academic Catholic group and the newspaper and stuff like that. And oftentimes we just refer to ourselves as like the candlelight crew because we have candlelight mass um, every night. So I don't know, just that whole whole group of people. Once you find your people, they they push you. Mm, yeah. Okay, so we have some questions from Father Cassidy, the happy priest. <laughs> Where do you think the church most needs to grow in its use of the media? Hmm. Um, uh, podcast. No. <laughs> this um, podcast. This podcast, <laughs> yes. Um, 
All right, so the answer that comes to mind is I feel like there, and I know that this is definitely an emphasis in the media, but I think it's something that we need to be doing more, but explanation of the liturgy in media can always be something that grows. And I feel like things like teaching masses and like the mass on Catholic TV and like praying the rosary, all of those are very good, but like, I don't want to say catechesis, but even I just had a situation this morning that someone on social media was like ranting about how they didn't understand why um, like the solemnity from this past Sunday, December 8th, like Immaculate Conception was transferred to the Monday mm. mass. And they were like, I don't get it. Like why, why like do they in question mark in quotation marks, like get to like change things up and like mm. who says that like, whatever readings at that Sunday mass gets to like Trump our lady or whatever. And I don't know, I took a moment and like, at first, like my inner liturgy nerds, like I know the answer to that. (laughs) Um, But like, why don't, why don't people know that? Like, why do you have to like, where I learned that was in a graduate level Mm. theology, like liturgy course um, with like one of the best liturgists in the world. Like why do only people in that class have that knowledge? Like, it's in, like, the germ, the general instruction in the Roman Missal, like, why (laughs) the reason is that, like, Sunday is the highest feast and trumps all other feast days, except Mm -hmm. for Christmas has an exception because it's built into the Sunday schedule. Um, But because it was a solemnity on a Sunday, the solemnity just gets bumped over a day so that we can celebrate both um, and stuff like that. But, like, that's such a simple answer. And, like, why don't people know stuff? Like, the liturgy is so interesting and everything yeah. is the way it is for a reason. Yes, like, the vestments of priest wears and, like, the order that we do things. And, like, I don't know, we focus so much on, like, the readings and, like, the homily and whatever. But, like, what about the Eucharistic prayer and when priests change that up and, like, which prayer they choose to use? And, like, everything means something in the liturgy. Yeah. So I feel like better catechesis of liturgy would be be something yeah that's a great answer I totally agree with you yeah thank you maybe you should start that (laughs) yeah I I like that yeah a liturgy podcast next yes (laughs) I'm not opposed I'd I'd listen (laughs) okay and another one from at the happy priest is who would be your dream podcast guest you know I thought about this one (laughs) um uh okay so like, Cardinal Sean comes to mind, but I also know that, like, if I really, really wanted Cardinal Sean, like, we might be able to make that happen. So I feel like that's not enough of a stretch. <laughs> Even, like, someone suggested that Cardinal Sean is going to be at SLS, so, like, why don't I make him my SLS guest? Mm-hmm. I'm like, why am I going to go all the way to Phoenix to interview <laughs> someone who lives in Boston right, with right. me? <laughs> um, hmm. Like, the Pope, that's, mm. a, that's a stretch right there. That's but also, I feel like the, the like, higher level of top tier like catholic speakers like father mike schmitz leah darrow emily wilson um ooh, scott hahn oh yeah maybe we put that one up yeah. there yeah yeah so those those sort of people yeah we'll see if we can figure out how to get them on if any yes. of you know these yes. people <laughs> if any Help. of you people are listening <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh, okay what is your favorite liturgical season Ooh. um why didn't I think about this one? <laughs> the one who likes liturgy so much. Yeah, right. Um, okay, I think I think I'm gonna go with Advent, which mm. I feel like isn't necessarily one that people think about, um, because I feel like it's all of like the it's Lent, but like healthier. And <laughs> what I mean by that is like it's not about, uh, especially in our like modern 
like warped society around like like we can never be pure in our intentions of like fasting or um fasting from anything from food or any form of penance can always be like tied into our culture of like i don't know like the diet culture that's just messed Mm. up and also like self-hatred and stuff like that but i feel like advent is so much more pure because it takes the intention of lent but it strips away like the need for penance and it's all Mm. about like purifying yourself in like i don't know like like a preparation way so like actively doing things rather than taking stuff away yeah yeah yeah. advent's also my favorite season Mm. that's a really good explanation of it yeah Yeah. i like that what would your explanation be (laughs) (laughs) yeah i was gonna say just like the joy of of hopeful waiting and Mm. um it's such a short season so i think it really kind of makes you uh intentional about it and yeah yeah i don't know it's just it's so hopeful and i love Mm -hmm. that yeah. yeah, I wish it were as long as Lent. I know, yeah. me too. Yeah, mm. I agree. <laughs> okay, let's see what other questions we have. All right, what is your favorite thing to do in adoration? Ooh, um, okay, adoration is like one of my favorite things on mm. planet Earth. If I had to <laughs> pick any way to pray, it would be that. Um, but I like to journal. I keep a prayer journal pretty regularly. I go through a lot of journals. <laughs> um, but... Uh, I also, so I'm one of those people who doesn't like lines in their journals because I like to spontaneously draw. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Agreed. <laughs> um, like the other day at Holy Hour, I went back to Resurrection for a meeting for our upcom- upcoming Haiti trip. And then we had Holy Hour afterwards. And I like kept trying to journal. And this was such like, I was telling this story the other day, like the Lord was just <laughs> not happy with what I was doing and wanted me to do something else. So I kept trying to journal and I just didn't want to, but I felt like I had to because that's like the academic Catholic thing to do or whatever is like, I started a journal entry, I should finish it because that's how things go. Um, well, that's not what he had in mind. Um, so someone in the dark tripped over my backpack, um, which caused me to drop my pen and I couldn't find my pen in the dark because the <laughs> lights are out in the church except in the sanctuary. So I reach into my backpack, which has been knocked over, so stuff is everywhere. And the only pen I could find was like a brush pen for mm. art. And I was like, oh, dang it. I <laughs> I knew what you wanted and I didn't want it. Um, so then, I don't know, it was such a beautiful experience of like, like that was how my heart was created to like communicate. And that, I don't know, just like, I ended up like drawing the monstrance, but I it was such a prayerful like communication I feel like when people see me drawing an adoration, like, I always am afraid that they think that I'm, like, trying to pass the time or, like, not being prayerful. But, like, every every brushstroke, every, like, line is is a prayer and a communication. And there's so much, like, trust involved um, of, like, building up an image and, like, drawing things how they are or how they aren't. And, like, I don't know. There's more of a conversation in that for me sometimes than actual, like, verbal words or, like, writing words. So I think that. Either that or, like, singing and playing guitar. But Mm. other people don't always like that in silent adoration. So, (laughs) yeah. That's such a delightful story. Like, how cool Mm. that the Lord works in even really small ways. Like, that's really cool you were able Mm. to see that. Yeah. (laughs) And, like, the whole, like, I don't know. Like, it made me so happy and, like, happy annoyed of, like, the tripping over my backpack (laughs) and the dropping of the pen. And, like, I pulled out the other pen and I was like, dang it, I knew what you wanted. (laughs) I knew it. (laughs) That's great. Okay. So we have a question from Ohio. Um, And the question is, do you have any suggestions on how um, someone's teenage daughter might be able to connect to other college-aged Catholics? So I'm sorry, I guess she's college-aged, college-aged daughter. Hmm. Um, Yeah. Hmm. Connect to other people. Um, 
All right, so not every school has like a fabulous Catholic center or campus ministry or anything like that, though that would probably be the first approach um, would be to find those people um, in like a truly faith-based environment, like a Bible study or women's group or something like that. Um, but then I think second step would be service groups are always a really good place to find those people because those people like come to the service very quickly in service groups, whether that's like a, um, not a mission trip, but a service trip, oftentimes in a secular environment, um, or like, I don't know, like a group that volunteers at a homeless shelter every week or something like that. Cause you'll, you'll find those people, you'll find your people there for sure. But also even just looking around in the mass community, like who here looks my age and looks like me, um, and like finding your groove of like what mass you go to every day or every week and building a community there. Um, which I think is really beautiful. Like I, I definitely met all of my friends just by going to the same mass every week. Mm -hmm. Um, and I actually like, I went to two masses every Sunday, my first semester freshman year, because (laughs) (laughs) one of them, um, and like, that sounds so holy, but like, (laughs) I couldn't get enough of it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I wish it was, it it was Jesus within relationships. (laughs) Um, but the first one I was singing with my choir Um, which were, like, beautiful friends, but the liturgy itself, like, wasn't as fulfilling, which is not the point of liturgy, but, you know, so, like, I loved singing with my friends and my people and, like, the campus minister at that mass, who's our director, was amazing, Um, but, like, it's in the dingy basement of a freshman dorm, Mm -hmm. Um, but then the second mass I would go to was our 1015 mass, which is the latest mass in the Archdiocese of Boston, um, 1015 p.m., on Sundays. Oh, okay. Yes. I was like, AM? Yeah. I think no. we've got you beat. Okay. Yeah. No, PM. <laughs> um, and like, it's a student run mass. So everything is done very intentionally and very beautifully. Mm. And like, they have healing masses all the time and stuff like that. Um, but I created two very distinct friend groups because I went to both of those masses regularly. And then eventually I didn't need to go to both of the masses to sustain those friendships. Mm. Um, but definitely pick a mass and stick with it or try something new if you're feeling like it. Mm. Yeah. Good advice. Okay. What are some ways that you've experienced God pursuing you recently? Mm. Well, I feel like the the art journaling thing, that yeah. that definitely. Um, yeah. And, like, the daddy's little girl thing. Like, mm. just, just come back to me how you are. Um, and also recognizing that, like, um, kind of in, like, changing my majors and, like, figuring out what I might want to do and, like, figuring out, like, new big projects and stuff like that. Like, what excites you is no mistake. Um, so the things that you like fill your spare time with, um, aren't, aren't a mistake. They don't happen by chance. So like if I am spending all of my time doing like theology work and social justice stuff, like maybe that's what I need to be spending most of my time on and not like Mm -hmm. forcing like the STEM major that I had. Not that I didn't love that, um, and wouldn't love to go into like environmental science or something, but it definitely felt forced. And like mm-hmm. when it came time to register for classes last semester, like what classes was I excited about taking? Mm-hmm. Like it felt like I was forcing taking science classes. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So definitely following what excites me. Yeah. Okay. If you could be the patron saint of anything, what would it be if you could choose? Mm-hmm. I also saw this question. Ah. <laughs> um, uh, all right. I think... So, like, St. Dymphna is great and all, but I feel like we need a modern saint who is super transparent about um, mental illness and chronic illness. Mm. Um, and I don't think that necessarily is, like, a part of my journey that I need to be super vocal about now, mm-hmm. but definitely something that, like, I don't know. 
like later in life, I would love for people to like know about like the struggles that me and people of my generation faced. Mm -hmm. Um, And like, whether it's through like journaling and like the dramatic moment of people reading my journal once I die or something (laughs) like that. Or just like, I hope that I am vocal about that later in life or more vocal than I am now. But like, I definitely feel like we need a modern mental illness saint who like, and maybe Mother Teresa is that to some extent, but who like persevered through the darkness and still Mm. achieved great things and like didn't mope around or like, I don't know, like worked through the pain to Mm. do great things. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like we need that. Definitely. I like this one. What do you think your 30 year old self would give for advice to you right now? (laughs) Um, (laughs) If I knew I would be doing it. Um, (laughs) uh, I feel like probably to enjoy this period of time. Um, I feel like a lot of mentors in my life, even like I was talking to the dean at the theology school the other day and he was like, please just be a college kid. Like, (laughs) stop like, I don't know, like trying to focus on like what the next step is or like Mm. think too much about grad school or think too much about wherever and just kind of like rest in like what you're doing right now, Um, which I think my 30 year 30 year old self would definitely give that advice but would definitely like also affirm that I'm kind of doing that like my whole high school experience was definitely like get to college get to college Mm. like get to an Ivy League like get Mm. out of here which probably contributed to why I graduated in three years like I was I was out of there um so like shaking off that mentality and just like getting used to being present in like Mm. the current season of my life is new um and exciting but also very challenging so my 30-year-old self would probably be like, you need to do more of that, please. <laughs> yeah, yes. <laughs> and then what would your college self give for advice to your middle school self? Oh, dear. Um, middle school was rough. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, please don't dye your hair blue again. <laughs> did you dye your hair blue? I did. Oh, my gosh. So I dyed the underside of my hair blue, but it was like more of a teal blue, and I didn't bleach my hair first. And my hair is blonde, so it turned green. So it just looked like I stayed in a pool with too much chlorine for way too long. Um, Yeah. But that was, like, little rule breaker, Olivia. We weren't allowed to have dyed hair at school, but since it was the underneath, like, then it just looked weird because there was, like, green strands around my neck all the time. Um, Yeah, so don't do that. (laughs) Um, That's solid advice, yeah. Yeah. Um, I feel like, uh, I, I don't know, just, like, less pressure. But also, like, that amount of pressure wherever it was coming from, like, got me where I needed to be. Mm. Um, yeah. I don't know. Hmm. Get to therapy sooner. <laughs> don't dye your hair and get to don't, therapy sooner. Yes. <laughs> there we go. Um, yeah. And, like, don't box yourself. You don't have to be, like, the valedictorian that gets into an Ivy League school. Mm. Like, if that's meant to be, it'll be. Yeah. But don't force it. Yeah. yeah. So true. Okay, this is a fun one. How do you see the role of women expanding in the Catholic Church? Mm. I'm a strong proponent of women deacons. Um, Controversial as it may be, but um, we had them in the early church. We should have them now. Um, And people always, the the way that liturgists and theologians get back at that is, well, the purpose of women deacons at the time was because we did baptisms with no clothing. So women deacons baptized women. Well, I would respond to that, that we're doing baptism slightly wrong now. Not that we need to be naked again. (laughs) I'm not proposing that um, because times have changed. But, like, baptisms used to be this huge, like, 
I'm going to link a passage in the description. Mm. I forget who it's written by and I forget the name of it, but it's basically the experience of a young teenage boy in the early um, church, like in the first, second century, maybe um, the experience of being baptized in like the Lateran Basilica of baptistry. Um, and it was just such a like tactile experience of like walking into this pool and like, in the direction that the sun set and then walking up in the Mm. way that the sun rose as the sun was rising and like white robes and lots of like chrism and perfume and as opposed to like this little trickle of water that we pour over your head three times right um like no wonder why people aren't on fire for their faith if like our tactile way of representing the sacraments doesn't mirror Mm. what they actually are yeah um like how can we expect people to understand unless they have like a degree in theology Mm -hmm. um if what we're representing isn't what's actually happening yeah yeah that's great yeah that's so true i feel like yeah we we need that a better understanding of the sacraments and of baptism specifically i think it's so important and confirmation like (laughs) yeah yeah like people it's not a it's not a graduation from church oh my gosh it's not just like a sealing of the holy spirit that you already received because what does that mean that you received half the holy spirit at your baptism yeah right like the holy spirit doesn't do half right (laughs) it's not a thing yeah so i don't know another podcast topic we can talk about sacraments definitely yes yeah but women women deacons but in the meantime yes more women leadership Mm -hmm. um i am definitely not someone who's proposing that like women give homilies or like no, like mm-hmm. there there are roles in the liturgy for a reason, um, mm-hmm. but definitely women can take on more leadership roles elsewhere for mm-hmm. sure. We need like the feminine genius a lot. Mm, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 What do you think moms of teens need to hear? Ooh. Um, <laughs> I think my own mother might have submitted this. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I feel like that you're doing okay, first of all. Mm-hmm. Um, like, though my generation is bashed with a lot of like not great things um that were like a troublesome generation like we are we are doing okay like we are producing like empathetic and successful but successful in a different way young people um so you're doing okay and like it's okay if you don't completely understand how our generation is like different from the previous ones because it definitely our modern culture is producing this more like feeling i don't know and like we're more concerned about like being fulfilled than we are about like being fulfilled financially Mm -hmm. um which could cause problems but like it's gonna do great things now that our mind shift has shifted more toward like looking to something higher even though most people don't know what they're looking for rather than just like looking for a number like we're not we're not bound by numbers of any kind um which is interesting but like you're doing okay and just like ride with it because i don't know your kids are going to do great things mm-hmm. how do you reconcile activities or organizations that become inconsistent with your faith so do you kind of walk away or do you just appreciate the similarities how do you deal with that um hmm. so I, I do have experience with this particularly in like the environmental activist realm um because and i don't want to say unfortunately because that that gives it the wrong tone but like a lot of those organizations are super like liberal which comes with things that i wouldn't i don't know that i like abortion becomes a a conflicting like it is so hard to be a climate change activist who is pro-life like that just doesn't exist yeah and yet like that is what we're called to be as catholics Mm. um even like 
like neither political party fits Catholics at all. Mm-hmm. Um, neither political party fits pro-life people in mm-hmm. the truest sense of the word pro-life, mm-hmm. um, which I think we're forgetting what that word means. Um, yeah. What question did we start on? <laughs> what, how do you reconcile activities oh, or organizations? Yeah. yeah, or that exists. Um, I think like there's particularly one organization that I'm thinking that I've worked for for a long time and I, I stuck with it for a long time. Um, and I tried to like, not necessarily actively evangelize, but I, I don't know. Like I, I just lived who I was and I didn't let anyone try and confine that. I didn't hide who I was. Um, and like when things weren't working, I just, I don't know, I didn't compromise. Um, like one blog post comes to mind that never actually got published. And it was my experience um, in Haiti and through a secular lens, which already was so hard to describe the beauty that I saw mm-hmm. in a secular secular lens. But it was shot down because it was portraying like white people as saviors. And like that wasn't the agenda that I wanted to push or that this organization wanted to push which obviously was not the intention of my article. And, like, my article was highlighting how this organization, Haiti 180, is, like, empowering Haitians to become their own leaders. Mm -hmm. And, like, it just so happens that some of the funding happened here in the U.S. and, like, that I Mm -hmm. am from the U.S. Um, Yeah. Mm -hmm. I don't know. So, like, run with those organizations as long as you cannot compromise. But then don't be afraid to step away Mm -hmm. um, and, like, create your own thing. Because we do need... Like, the worst thing that could happen is that all of these climate change activists run away from the cause and nobody's talking about it anymore because it conflicts with their faith. Mm. We don't need that. We need people to run away and still talk about it even more and, like, create their own platforms that are compatible with faith. So how can we as Catholics be more involved in the issue of climate change? Like, what can we mm. do and how can we care about it more? Yeah, um, this is such such a conflicting thing. The mm. Torch actually just had a conversation about it because there's a church in Dedham who created a nativity. I don't know if you saw. They always have, like, a mm. political, like, I don't know, like, commentary sort of nativity, and their mm. nativity this year is, like, half-filled with water, and it's, mm. like, about, like, the ice caps melting, mm. um, which I don't know how I feel about that. Some members of the Torch came down very hard, like, oh, my goodness, this is a nativity, and it is liturgical and sacred mm. and not the place for political commentary, which, yeah. like, I, I do definitely understand that and probably stand by that. But also at the same time, like, this is what the people of God are, like, hurting for and with. And, like, mm. these are the causes on their hearts and they need to get them out somehow. Um, and, like, we are human beings. So, like, do it how you need to mm-hmm. at the same time. Um, definitely be educated. Don't don't let the political nature of, like, it's not a political topic mm-hmm. at all. Um, it's a science issue. Um, it's a very interesting issue. It's one that I spent a good chunk of my 18 years studying um, and doing research with. Um, and there are so many nuances within it that you can definitely find an area of it that you're interested in. Like, it's so much more than, like, the cheesy, like, skip the straw, save the turtles. Like, those those even get annoying to me after right. some time. Because, like, yes, like, yeah, straws are bad, but, like, so is the rest of the plastic in the ocean. And, like, mm-hmm. so are the industries that created the plat Like, Mm-hmm. Where do you want me to start sort of mm-hmm. thing? So, I don't know. Don't get put off by the, like, cliches and cheesy nature of it and, like, look into the actual science because it's interesting and find mm-hmm. some way that you can personally participate in it. Yeah. Without going too much sort of into a rabbit hole about this, is there any specific resources or places to go to learn about this? Mm-hmm. Or if you want to think about it, maybe add it in the yeah, description. Yeah, I can definitely add some in the show notes. What's coming to mind, though, is... um. 
so Roots and Shoots, which I've talked about, talked about before, um, Jane Goodall's International Community Service um, organization, they have a database of all the projects that um, people from preschool age through college and adults have ever done through mm. the program. And you can filter it by type of project. So if you're looking for some way, so yes, do research, but also when you're ready to take the next step and find something that you can actually do, um, maybe try and filter through that and see what other people have done. Even like look through the news um, about like, um, uh, there's an organization called Echo Hero. I was one of their international Echo Heroes one year for our Action for Nature. Those kids do amazing projects um, and just kind of look at what other people are doing. Um, other people who have already done the research too. So not just like the plastic straw advocates, but like mm -hmm. the people who have like well thought out and like mapped out science backed projects and see how you can jump on board. Mm. Yeah. Thanks. What makes you the most angry about today's society? And what do you do with that anger? A lot of things. <laughs> um, a lot of things to the problem with society. Um, oh, dang it. Um, so many things. I feel like we have lost the ability to listen to each other um, in a lot of things. There are a lot of people hurting. And if we were able to listen to how other people are hurting, um, so many things would be different. There are just, like, everyone is hurting with something silently. Mm -hmm. um, and if we're all doing that, like, why aren't we talking about it? Um, and that culture that, like, makes you think that you're broken and you need to keep those things in the dark. Um, probably something that's created, like, the stigma around mental illness. Um, like, we all suffer. in Like, it's a spectrum of suffering. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, you're on that spectrum at some point. So, mm -hmm. like... Why is everyone just, like, being quiet and pretending that they're, like, a good little businesswoman and a perfect mom with a white picket fence? Because um, we're all hurting in some way. Um, and it's definitely frustrating. And and there's more frustration, like, embedded in that, like, why, why aren't people more compassionate or educated about particular issues that affect so many of us? Um, yeah. What do I do with that anger, though? Um, I feel like you have to get a little angry about it. Um... And then, I don't know, definitely bring it to prayer is the obvious answer, but I feel like it definitely drives me to action, even if it's not, I feel like that's a very cliche thing to say that, like, you get angry about something and then you, like, go make social change, mm -hmm. but you don't need to make social change, you can make personal change. So, like, if something, I don't know, so, like, I struggle with chronic illness, so, like, I'm registered as a student with a disability at school, so if something angers me about how people treat me or are inconsiderate of me or it's just not even on their radar on like how to help me or how to be compassionate or like what I can and can't do um that makes me angry but then I think about like how many other people are struggling with their own unique situations who are also in that <laughs> registered list of disabled students at mm -hmm. BC and like how I can be more compassionate toward them like using my mm -hmm. own experience to like propel me to be what I wished other people were kind of mm. yeah yeah that's great yeah that's a very positive way to, to <laughs> deal with it <laughs> okay what do you think is the most misunderstood thing about the catholic church Ooh. um hmm i feel like i wish that were the question that we're asking but the i feel like the world the world is asking a different question 
Um, we were just talking about this in my Vatican II class the other day, that the church is so used to putting out answers to questions that nobody is asking. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And I feel like that that question might be one of the answers that they're providing, but nobody's actually asking that. Mm-hmm. And my reasoning behind that is that it's not what's misunderstood about the church. It's what people within the church are misunderstanding about the church. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's not the world has one perception of the church and the church is actually something different. It's that the church with a capital C should be something, but we're not. And the mm. world is picking up on that discrepancy between what we say we are and what we actually, how we're actually acting in mm. the world. Um, and obviously that's a generalization and not everyone like fits that. Um, but it's it's not just a misunderstanding. It's that there is too much of a separation about what we're like, called to be and what we actually are so like Mm. those things that you hear all the time like catholics hate gays and like all of those things like in a perfect world we be able to say no of course not like that's not what the church teaches well that statement's right like that's not what the church teaches but is that what the church with a lowercase c lives out Mm. i wish (laughs) you know what i mean i wish it's a good distinction yeah yeah Yeah. Mm. but like no, people people who are part of the body of Christ are like broken and doing things that don't line up with what we actually should be. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's probably where like the biggest wound is and like the biggest sadness for us and the biggest mm-hmm. sadness for the world is that we are preaching a little bit of a lie mm-hmm. more than we should to the modern world. What is something that you think is being sort of misrepresented by the church with a lowercase c or an issue that you think is in particular of the utmost importance to to share it like uh mm-hmm. truthfully if that yeah. sort of makes sense um i think probably the pro-life issue and everyone when like when you just heard the word pro-life everyone came up with their own image of what that looks like mm-hmm. um and i think if the church were to embody like what being pro-life actually means so like upholding the dignity from womb to tomb from the moment of conception until natural death, you uphold the dignity of that person. Um, if we were to actually do that, the church would look so much different mm. because that doesn't just mean like the hot topic. Like, I don't know, I have such, I'm actually, I'm not going to the March for Life this year. Um, and part of that is like personal reasons and timing, but also I'm struggling a little bit with like, I don't know, the pro-life movement versus like my generation of pro-life people and versus what the church actually says, there's such a rift between those three mm. things that it's hard because like when a lot of people think about like the pro-life movement, they think about like angry protesters outside mm. of Planned Parenthood shaming women because they care so much about the baby that they've lost sight of the dignity of that woman who is mm. scared and broken and hurting. Mm. Um, so like there's such, there's a lot of clashing and like the same circling back to like the issue of gay Catholics like we need to uphold their dignity like just as much as someone at the end of life Mm -hmm. um so when we're fighting against like physician assisted suicide we need to remember people at the border and their dignity too Mm -hmm. so i think if we were to actually be a pro-life church and like show that love for life at all stages like that would that would absolutely change the world Mm -hmm. if people actually knew what we meant when we say pro-life and if we actually Mm -hmm. knew and lived what we meant when we said we were pro-life yeah Yeah. Yeah. amen Mm -hmm beautiful okay so before we get into the quick questions (laughs) 
You've had the opportunity to travel a lot. So what might you say to some people uh, or young people who haven't had that opportunity? Maybe read, YouTube, volunteer. What are some options? Mm -hmm. So I have traveled a lot um, and that's been a great gift um, thanks to many people, especially my parents and church and things like that. Um, But yeah, so like there are definitely things that I want to say that you can only learn by traveling. Um, or maybe that you would only happen to discover, but you're meant to discover things and you'll discover them in your own time. So if traveling is not part of the plan, like you're still going to discover them. And the thing that I'm thinking about is like, I would have never have known that like the city of Jerusalem and like the whole like liturgical elements of the Orthodox church and things like that, things that I'm devoting so much of my time studying now, like I would have never known about those things unless I had ended up in Jerusalem like in the middle of a Greek Orthodox procession by chance. Um, So like God's not going to like withhold Mm. those like opportunities and like interests from you if you're not like if traveling is not part of your plan. Um, So yes, definitely read, definitely research. Um, You just have to be more active about pursuing the things that set you on fire um, rather than just being like dropped in that place and like having to search for it there. yeah, I don't know. I had something else and I just forgot it. But if I remember it, yeah, I'll, I'll add it in. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Okay, well, shall we get into the Catholic quick questions? Yes, a taste <laughs> of my own medicine. <laughs> <laughs> All right, number one, what is your favorite book of the Bible? Um, either the Gospel of John um, or probably Revelation, but probably the Gospel of John. What is your favorite book in general? <laughs> Dang it. Um, I really like, all right, so obviously there are so many, like, good saint books. Um, Faustina's Diary is definitely one of them. Um, Come Be My Light by Mother Teresa is another one. But if you're looking for a not so, like, super uber dense Catholic read, um, The Fifth Gospel by Ian Caldwell is, like, one of my favorite books. Mm. It's a historical fiction novel that he really accurately researched to represent the catholic church it's about a greek catholic like a byzantine catholic priest living in the vatican um and like this whole like murder mystery that ensues uh but it's a really really good book wow if you Mm -hmm. like that you should read father elijah also i may have mentioned it to you but great Mm -hmm. book okay or the silver chalice is another one in the same genre okay yeah very cool lots of options Mm -hmm. all right favorite place you've traveled Mm -hmm. (laughs) uh either Jerusalem or Haiti. Um, mm-hmm. I'm trying to think if there's any other place that I really liked. Um, when I was younger, I really liked Washington, D.C. That was mm. my favorite, probably my favorite, like, domestic city. Mm. It's a nice city. Yeah. Very clean. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, favorite part of being a dad? Oh, that <laughs> that's not supposed to be that. I feel like that was copied and pasted, <laughs> and I feel like I copied and pasted that from the podcast I recorded an hour ago. You're uh, not a dad, so we'll move on to the next one. <laughs> yes. <laughs> favorite form of prayer on, or way to pray slash favorite prayer? Oh. Sorry, I just butchered that. No, but that, you know the question because yes, you've asked it a bunch of times. <laughs> a million times, and people have listened to that question a million times. Uh, my favorite form of Mm, I mm, adoration <laughs> um like we talked about prayer journaling um praise and worship music whether that's playing it or like playing it from like a recording um all of those favorite prayer um litany of humility litany of trust by the sisters of life 
is a beautiful so one. Or um, the Prayer to Take Authority by the Franciscan Friars of the Holy Spirit. Mm. Yeah, they have some good prayers. I gotta look at that one. Mm-hmm. What is your favorite praise and worship song? Mm, Build My Life by Pat Barrett. Mm. We've done that like <laughs> people at BC know we've done that like every <laughs> praise and worship. And like <laughs> if it wasn't on the schedule, it ends up on the schedule. <laughs> yeah. What about your favorite hymn? Do you have mm. one? Uh, oh, there's so many good ones. Like, uh, uh, Ubi Caritas. That's a really good one. Yeah. All right. If you could meet any Pope, who would it be? JP2. Yeah. Nice. Good choice. (laughs) (laughs) And last but not least, I know you already told us some of your favorite saints, but if you could be BFFs with one saint, who would it be? Um... I feel like I'm drawn to, all right, I'm either going to say Fulton Sheen, which like that there's some, there's some stuff happening yeah. now. Um, yeah. Fingers crossed he becomes a saint yeah. soon. Um, or Padre Pio, because I feel like, and Mother Teresa in the same vein, but like, I love like Marie Goretti and like the little flower dearly. But I feel like my relationship with them would be like there would always be something to talk about and like so many deep conversations rather than just like surface like mm-hmm. and maybe that's just because I'm older than Maria Gretti mm-hmm. now. But I don't know. There, there's so much depth in those people that you could talk for eternity quite literally yeah. with them. So, yeah, well, you'll be able to one day. Yes, <laughs> that is true. Yeah. All right. I think that's all we got. Ooh. All right trying to think if there's anything else i want to add in but yeah. like that that covered a lot but that yeah. was fun that was fun yeah. i enjoyed that thanks for sharing that i feel like i learned a lot about you thank you <laughs> um yeah and thank you for asking questions um and thank you guys for sending in all of those questions via all of the many channels of communication like many channels of communication <laughs> um yeah so if you guys have any other questions i think we'll do one of these again maybe yeah. in a few months um, but you can always, can we make the hashtag a thing? Hashtag ask Olivia, T-T-H, T-T-H. Um, that I tried to make a thing, <laughs> um, but wasn't really a thing. You can always tweet stuff there and I will save it for future use. Or we do have an email to the Heights podcast at gmail.com um, that specifically is just podcast stuff. So you can always email there um, for more like personal or longer questions or whatever. And that might end up on a podcast with your permission. So. Yeah, nice. I don't think I have anything else. Oh, SLS. Yes. yes. (laughs) Reminder again, (laughs) um, if you are coming to SLS or if you know someone that is going to SLS, let them know to stop by the media feed booth um, January 2nd, which is Thursday at 530 to 645. When the app comes out with the schedule, star it. Put it (laughs) in your saved in your own schedule. Um, We'd love to see you there. We might have some swag. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Some to the height swag, some other swag. I don't know. Um, yeah, and we will announce the guest when it gets closer. So, yeah, that's all I think I have. Yeah. Yeah. Same. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Be sure to follow us on uh, all social media. Just got tongue-tied. Forgot what my <laughs> outro was because I haven't done that in a while. You've been recording um, for a long time. It's yes. Okay. <laughs> um, at To The Heights CTV is us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Um, and that is when season two will come out. And the first episode of that will be January 1st, which is a Wednesday. And then following that, we will go back to Mondays, um, which is super exciting. See us, see us at SLS if you'll be there. And yeah, keep on reaching to the heights. And we'll talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. Bye.